This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast, and I am your host for this week's episode, Paul Jaisley, filling in for Mike Rappin. But of course, I am not alone. I am joined once again by two half-finished bottles of leftover New Year's Eve champagne, Kate Lamphere. Hello. And Zach McCreary. What's happening? <laughs> Welcome back. It's been a whole week since we talked last. Uh, no, of course. <laughs> we are recording this episode in advance. This is one of our sort of mini-sodes we do over the holiday season. So this is coming out as the very first episode of 2024. So again, thank you for sticking with us, making last year so great. I got to tell you, gang, 2024 is going to be even more. So our huge annual episode, episode number 400, which I cannot believe, is going to be live on Twitch on January 21st. So put that in your calendar, 8 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time or even. Uh, make sure you're here for that. We're going to do that live on Discord, no, live on Twitch. That's right. So yeah, come back for that. Uh, it'll be me and Mike and uh, Kate back together to do that in a couple weeks. So we'll see you then. In the meantime... We're doing another one of these sort of mini-sodes. We're getting to know your IRCB contributor. We're, last week, we were talking about non-comic book media that we enjoy. This time, we're going to talk about our non-comic book hobbies, so things that we like to do in our spare time that aren't necessarily just sitting in front of a TV or playing a board game or things of that nature. So uh, let's start with Zach this time. Zach, do you want to give us a little peek behind the curtain of what you are doing as a hobby? Sure. Um, something that I enjoy doing is I like I like traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, I, I mostly get to do like day trips to places that are around me. Luckily, Pennsylvania, there's a lot of really interesting places to go within a couple hours, uh, especially from where I live. I'm within a couple hours of like most major cities in this area. And um, so I like doing that. Uh, the most of my money and travel has been to Vietnam the past couple years. I've been there twice. And I do like month long stints each time with my oh. fiance and her family. And uh, so like, yeah, I, I love traveling. I love eating the local food. You know, like when I go places, I try to eat what the people there eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, like my fiance's family absolutely loved that about me in Vietnam. Like they were so impressed because <laughs> I, I am very much inspired by like Anthony Bourdain and Andrew Zimmern from like bizarre foods where it's like, <laughs> if you're going somewhere, tr- at least try like whatever is presented to you and, you know, and, and get the experience of it. So uh, I guess you could say I'm like a foodie traveler as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ever I mean, come really to Michigan, you have to eat a pasty. Yeah. A pasty. That's right. That sounds mm. really familiar. I think because my my roommate is from like the Wisconsin, like Indiana area. So I, I there's probably mm. some crossover with like that kind of stuff. What is a pasty exactly? It's like a little half pie thing with, oh God, what does it have? Rutabaga is the big thing. Potatoes, mm-hmm. um, some kind of meat. Okay. Um, it was like, I think the lore is that it was given to minors and huh. it would keep until their lunchtime, you know, makes <laughs> sense. Really hearty filling yes. kind of thing. It sounds like yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, guys in Michigan, upper, upper Midwestern burrito, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do you in Michigan? Do you have something called Kringle? Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. That stuff is amazing. My buddy, whenever he visits his family in Wisconsin, he always brings back like five 
giant things of Kringle. It's this like amazing, almost like a strudel, but way more fattening. Yeah. And yeah. and just oh, so much butter and so many different flavors. It's so good. It's so good. I feel bad eating it. It's that good. We also have poonchkis <laughs> everywhere for about a week, and then they disappear for the rest of the year. It's very seasonal. Yeah. Oh, really? Is it like for a holiday, or what's a, what's a poonchki? Uh, it is <laughs> kind of like a jelly donut, but it's like mm-hmm. it's got custard most of the time. Um, well, and- so so not not to interrupt or to well actually too much, but <laughs> no, no, go ahead. <laughs> It, it it's kind of a it's a Polish thing, and I'm very Polish. So, and there's a lot of Polish immigrants in this part of the this part of the Midwest. It's basically you eat it on Fat Tuesday, basically Mardi Gras season. So it's like the big meal before your big like splurge before uh, Lent starts. And it's a oh. uh, yeah, it's like a kind of like a like Kate said, a jelly donut. Traditionally, it's prune filled, like a prune jam or jelly. Okay. Uh, you do see a lot of custard or raspberries, pretty popular. So, yeah, and in places that have a lot of Polish immigrants, punchki are very popular. Okay, my area is very uh, German, and okay. on yeah. on Fat Tuesday we have Fasnacht Day, which is basically oh, a oh really gosh. boring donut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it sounds like you're traveling places a little bit more exotic than the Midwest most yeah. of the time. So, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. traveling is also one of my big hobbies, but it is mostly within the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. um, I I do try to get out once in a while, a little further. I I try to go to the Shakespeare Festival in Ontario at least once a year. Um, nice. I started doing that. I don't know, a couple of years couple years ago um and i and i want to get out it traveling international more internationally than canada (laughs) um i don't know i'd like to get out of the country once every five years or something but i'm still working on that it's so much fun getting to go out and experience completely new cultures and 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 just see what they're all about like from like my only experiences have been uh like vietnam twice and ireland once and each of those times was just amazing like the people that because i'm very much like oh i'm gonna make a new friend you know what i mean like i'll just start talking to people i'm way more outgoing in another country because i'm like i'm never gonna see you again you know i don't care what you think of me so i'm gonna talk to you and be super friendly but yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun yeah i'm a little bit more domestic in my traveling too i you know this last year you know we're in 2024 now i have to remind myself so last year you know i went uh (laughs) You know, went to some cities I'd never went to. I love going to Midwestern cities. Again, like I, that's kind of like something I really enjoy because even though it's the same, you know, culture, quote unquote, every city's got a different vibe, you know, and like, yeah. you know, totally. if I go to like Milwaukee or if I go to Cleveland or if I go to Dayton, Ohio, even it's like, I want to be in the city. I want to go to a good vegan restaurant. I want to find a cool dive bar and go to a record store. If I can squeeze a comic book shop in, awesome. Like, even though it sounds like I'm doing the same thing in every city all those small businesses and places like that have a unique vibe. So it's like, it's a nice way of getting a little bit of variety, even though you're only a few hours from home instead of halfway across the world, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like Michigan is a really good place to be, to get a variety, like variety in your cities because in West Michigan, yeah. it's, 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 I don't know. The weather is so different that like you've got fruit in West Michigan, but then you go over to mm-hmm. like Detroit and you've got a lot more like wider immigrant experience and so you have a many many more types of restaurants to choose from um or architecture or um festivals and things like that like it's a good well, place michigan to be. is pretty enormous right like so yeah like it makes sense that there'd <laughs> yeah. be a lot of varying culture just even going a little north you know that that makes sense mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a magical yeah. place, Zach. Come visit soon. Yeah. So. <laughs> I would love to. I've never been to Michigan. That sounds great. Well, since we already talked about food, I'll jump in and say one of my hobbies is cooking. I very much in the past few years, kind of starting around the time of the, you know, the, the lockdown pandemic era, it's like I spent a lot more time in the kitchen honing my skills. And, you know, I've always was kind of tempted to go to culinary school and maybe do that as a career. But I realized like I cook to relax and working in the kitchen would not be relaxing. So yeah, I found it's very comforting for me to you know get home from work. Or like wake up early on the weekend and just have a plan. Like I want to make this meal or try this technique. And uh, more or less self-taught, although watching a lot of uh, cooking competition shows have has uh, kind of inspired me and taught me a lot of things and worked my way around the kitchen. It also has helped that I've been vegetarian for nine years now and then been basically vegan for the past three at this point. And one of the things I wanted to do, one of the things that kind of inspired me to switch from vegetarian to veganism was to learn a new set of cooking skills. It's like suddenly it's like I have to have different staples in my in my pantry, learn how to manipulate flavors, learn how to make tofu interesting. And it's like that challenge kind of really spoke to me. And that's something I've been really important to me. So like I love cooking. I love cooking for people. And it's it's been a really nice, almost creative outlet in a way to kind of relearn or hone those skills over the past few years. Cooking That's was cool. something that Brian and I started doing together during the pandemic as like, mm-hmm. yeah, we were we were at home together all of the time, but we were we were working or we were doing our own hobbies and um, yeah. things like that. I was starting a garden. And so like cooking together for dinner was the thing that we did to have like a couple time. <laughs> and then yeah. we've also yeah, become yeah. better cooks because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that. I imagine that going through the pandemic as a couple, you had to do things separately just so you don't want to kill each other eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We're also just like very independent people. Like that's Mm. one of the reasons we work so well together, but we also live in a really small space. So it's like we just had (laughs) headphones on all of the time. It's kind of isolating. That's so funny. That's how we made it work. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I totally I, get what you're saying about vegan cooking, though, because like I enjoy mm-hmm. watching like cooking programs, and you really like yeah. to be able to be vegan. You kind of have to become like culinary MacGyver and be able to like <laughs> twist ingredients to make them into what you're looking for. You know, right? Yeah, and it's a weird balance between you know I like that sort of like mad scientist sort of experiment, like how do I make this taste like meat, but also like. <laughs> I also like just like I've my my palate has become broader since becoming vegan. So it's like, oh yeah, I actually like like just like more vegetables and more different types of food. Now I've done that. And like I really hate to be preachy or annoying, but like for me, veganism veganism has become kind of important and it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. For those reasons, like it's made me a better cook, maybe learn how to manipulate flavors and textures and also just like really improve my health both mental and physically so again not to get on my soapbox too much but like that is something that's kind of been a passion of mine and again like i love that challenge like how do i make a really good vegan mac and cheese and the secret is oh you use like squash as the base for your cheese sauce and then like you add a little miso paste to it so it kind of has a parmigiani texture it's like learning how different things can mimic flavors or like how flavors are just chemicals. So it's like, yeah, if you have similar chemicals, it can make different things. So trust me, once I kind of like locked down and made like an amazing tofu scramble, I was like, I've made it. Like I'm a vegan. <laughs> cook now. So. I've peaked. 
Yes. All right. Well, if if I visit if I miss visit Michigan, you have to make me that vegan yeah. mac and cheese. I'm very curious about that sauce. <laughs> okay, for sure, for sure. I yeah. live here. You can make it for me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring over. Yeah, I'll bring over a, a batch sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kate, what about something that uh, yeah, one of your hobbies? Um, I I, I guess I've been trying to figure out what I'm doing to be outside. Like I like being outside and I just don't know any other way to be like, this is a hobby. Um, because <laughs> like, um, when I was younger, I was, I was a part of a boy scout of America, like co-ed venture scout program it was called venture scouts. And it got us outside weekly. Um, so I was like really into like scuba diving, backpacking, rock climbing, skiing, um, all sorts of outdoor sports. And when you don't have a group to do those things with, it's really difficult to keep uh, doing them. Um, so I've really gotten out of the habit of doing those kind of high adventure sports. I even tried to go rock climbing the other day and, and I hurt so bad. (laughs) I'm out of practice. Um, But so like, so instead I, like I started a garden during the pandemic. I've been trying to get out for walks. I figured out how to navigate my local, um, the Kent trails, Paul, you'll be familiar with that community Mm -hmm. hiking trails that are paved. Um, and it's just, uh, or, or if to be a little less active, I, I set up my, uh, my hammock on the porch over the summer and I'll just like read (laughs) out there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Again, yeah. Uh, we're kind of spoiled here in West Michigan because, you know, I'm not quite as as outdoorsy, but man, in the summer, it's about a 40 minute drive around Lake Michigan. You know, it's it's kind of magical just to be on that big body yeah. of water with some beautiful, amazing beaches. Like I try to take advantage of that as much as I can in the summer, at least. Yeah. Nice. I feel like it's a little hard. It's a little harder during the winter, especially if we have snow. The snow turns into ice so easily here um, <laughs> yeah. that even like going out for a walk is a little iffy, you know. Um, so that's uh, we're settling in, into a, you know, it's winter now, and <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. I don't know what to do. I want to go outside, but it's so cold. I feel you. I mean, I I'm in Pennsylvania. I I love hiking too. That's that was actually on my list. I it's so much fun getting outdoors, finding new trails, and just you know experiencing nature. And uh, but yeah, like here when it, once it gets cold, it is too cold to be doing that. I can't even imagine Michigan <laughs> winter. That would that would just be a no go period. <laughs> yeah it's a little bit different um but yeah on, on the other hand there are certain times when you're just outside if you can get a little bit outside the city on a really cold winter's day when there's no clouds and you can it feels like you can look through like all of time and space you look straight up <laughs> you know it's like on oh, a wow. clear winter's night when like somehow the air is seems like thinner because it's cold yeah. you know what i mean like i just there are certain times like i try to catch myself or try to least give myself moments to really appreciate the sort of beauty of like where we live uh here in michigan so i again i'm not quite as that doorsy i think i got my fill of like being outside and going camping when i was in boy scouts once i could afford a hotel room i was like i'm not camping anymore (laughs) uh zach anything else uh you mentioned hiking and traveling something else you uh like to do as a hobby uh, yeah, I've I've always enjoyed writing. I actually my my degree is it was focused in writing, and it was always something that I like. Even in high school, uh, my favorite classes were like English courses and and creative writing and stuff like that. Like, or even uh, acting classes where we would get to create and put on like skits and plays and stuff like that. Like, and uh, 
it's one of those things that I, I've always wanted to write something and get it published, but I also mm-hmm. have that that like crippling imposter syndrome where I'll write a whole bunch of something and be like, this is trash and then start <laughs> over or or just go on to another project. Um, I've got I've got like half of a fantasy novel written that I've been writing for about 10 years and I wow. constantly revisit it and start <laughs> new, you know, like oh, that, that chapter sucked and redo it or things like that. Like finding ways to keep myself from completing the task, which is uh, mm-hmm. something that I really would like to try and remedy. And just because everything that I know about writing is once you start, you just need to finish it. Just finish the draft. Don't think about it. Just finish the sure. damn draft and uh, and then go from there. But yeah, I, I love writing fantasy stuff for the most part, especially I've got a ton of other ideas floating around in my head. Uh, I've got a really cool idea for a superhero one that uh, I could tell you more about off the air, but I don't want anyone else. To, I, yeah. I don't want to put it on a podcast <laughs> where someone could steal it. Sure. But yeah, I, yeah, I've got it's again, though, with podcasting and with you know, spending a lot of time reading and doing research for the comics that we love hasn't given me a lot of time to get into writing as much lately. So I would like yeah. to make more time in the new year. <laughs> Actually, my um, bachelor's degree, I had a minor in writing, um, oh, yeah? and it was fiction writing, and I really haven't hmm. written almost any fiction since I got my degree, um, <laughs> but I do re- write a lot of like nonfiction, like instructional things for work, um, and okay. I don't know, I have a niche in it, and basically, I should have studied nonfiction writing is what I'm getting at. <laughs> it's, more your, it's more your bag now. I guess so. I didn't really find it fun, but it sure is useful. <laughs> the the only writing that I get to do now and because I still get to like scratch the itch a little with the comics that we love because like a, a while back I had a website where I was writing articles and then uh, the way that I like Paul you've seen my notes like I do a lot mm-hmm. of like deep research and then I I I write it all out and like that, it's really the only way I get to scratch that itch anymore is in that way I guess kind of non-fiction-y yeah. as well yeah that's, that's interesting uh, you know my academic career is in philosophy. I have my master's in philosophy. So I did a lot of writing and it's all very technical, the specific kind of writing. And mm-hmm. I kind of really enjoyed that. And the problem is like, it's when you're doing it for school, it's like, that's all you do without any reason to do it. Since I've graduated, yeah. it becomes harder and harder to find time for things to yeah. write about. I have had a few things published over the past few years uh, that SecuArt, which is a uh, comic book focused sort of analysis, criticism website. I've had a few things published by them over the few uh, over the past few years, which I really enjoy doing. But again, I kind of need, need an editor and a deadline breathing down my neck to get stuff done. I can't just do it <laughs> totally. on my own as a fun hobby. But I mean, it's such a different discipline because like I try to write very precise and I have a clear goal. This is what I'm trying to prov- uh, convey. This is the point I'm making. The mm-hmm. idea of trying to write something fictional where you're just kind of making it up and letting the story take you where it goes, that sounds both appealing and terrifying. Like I couldn't imagine actually sitting down <laughs> trying to do that. It's so daunting because like with the the fantasy novel, you know, you've got to, if you're creating your own world, you have to come up with that world like front to back beforehand. Yeah. Like it's a bad mm-hmm. idea to not like, uh, I, I, in the last episode, I mentioned the wheel of time. Like if you're, if you're not familiar, it's like a 14 book fantasy series, Robert Jordan, when he passed away and Brandon Sanderson took over the series, he inherited 32,000 pages of notes about wow. the world that Robert Jordan had created, <laughs> like down to this city. Here's how they dress. Here's their slang. Here's some things about the things they eat. Like he really dug in and you know, like when you're doing fantasy, you kind of have to, to a point. And 
that part alone oh. before you even get to write the story is horrifying and daunting yeah <laughs> i always am fascinated when people talk about creative writing or like you know even in comics when writers talk about you know they'll just the story will like comes to them naturally. They might have an ending in mind, but how they get there might change or like having characters knowing dialogue. Cause they just hear the characters speaking it in their head. Like, mm-hmm. I mean that level of like creativity and openness is like, again, like really fascinating to me. I just have never been able to like do it. So I'm maybe that's why I find it so fascinating to hear about people's process when it comes to creative endeavors like that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Do you have any creative hobbies? I sure do, Kate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do collage art, uh, something I've been doing basically as a hobby for the past 15 years or so. Um, I don't, you know, it comes and goes. Some Sometimes I'm very creative and productive. Sometimes I can go months without really doing it. Um, I have a whole little collage desk in my, my office here where I just stacks of old magazines, clippings I've cut out of them, you know, old dried up glue sticks I have to replace. But uh, it's a really fun hobby because it's something that kind of anyone can do. You just have to have some old magazines and some scissors and a glue stick. But I've found the longer I've done it, I've really found or honed my approach. So when I first started doing it, I was really inspired by Robert Pollard, who's an artist and musician. He's the lead singer of this band, Guided by Voices, probably my favorite band. And he does a lot of the album covers and all these amazing collage pieces. And like, that's what he does. Like he, he's made a lot more collages in music. Like that's kind of his, uh, something he's really passionate about. And when I started doing collages, I grabbed her to his work. When I found out that Jack Kirby did collage pages for some of his comics, I was like, oh man, this is amazing. I look at his stuff and all their work is kind of like busy in a way that my work isn't now. It's kind of been, again, it's been nice over the years of like, all right, I, I was inspired by that stuff and I tried to mimic it when I started, but now I've really find my own approach. I really like playing with shape and color, making very simple uh, pieces with a lot of negative space. It's very relaxing and rewarding. And, um, you know, one of my collages was used by a friend's band, uh, the band Radiator Hospital. If any power pop uh, Philadelphia fans are out there, Radiator Hospital used one of my my collages for an album cover for the album Something Wild. So every time in a record store, I'll go to that section. Like, do they have it? Like, oh, there it is. Like, <laughs> I made that album. That's that that's album awesome. That's cool. So um, if you're curious, want to see more of my my work, I'll do a shameless plug. Uh, go over to Instagram, put in Cut Paper Planets, at Cut Paper Planets. And uh, that's a small sampling. I've got well over 150 pieces I need to get scanned and put up there at some point. There's a small sampling of more recent work up there. So again, that's something... That I, it's weird for me to call it artwork because it's just a hobby, but over the years, I've been more comfortable calling myself a legitimate, quote unquote, artist doing that stuff. So I feel like it's hard to call yourself an artist. Like, I, I mean, like, yeah. I'm a graphic designer. <laughs> That's a type of art. Um, and exactly. I, even I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'm an artist. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram now, and these are really cool. Oh, thank you, Zach. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, re- I really yeah. like this. Yeah, it's a, it's again, it's it's something that, again, it's something that anyone can kind of do. But I like that anyone, everyone does it, to, approaches it differently. And like, I found my own unique voice. And I'm like, again, I feel like the work I'm doing now, I'm more proud of in a way. So yeah, so thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, I like the way you 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 uh, at least from what I'm seeing is you you have mm-hmm. one thing that like pops, like like it's like these nice backgrounds and like everything around mm-hmm. is really cool and then there's something that just like pops and catches your eye like there is like a something like a focal point and mm-hmm. it's and I, I it's that. really cool i'm really digging it 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, um, I don't want to spend all the time talking about how great my collages are. So, uh, I yeah. I, but we again, talk about this. <laughs> yeah, this is neat. Uh, where do you uh, no, get again, your magazines from? Oh, you know, a lot of them. Sometimes I'll go to the, the public library. I used to have like library sales. They'd have old National Geographics. So I'd grab stacks of those. Estate sales. Um, the problem if you go to antique shops, sometimes they're kind of expensive. So you go to a nice uh, estate sale or there's, you know, some... Uh, some nicer vintage stores around here where you can grab old issues of Life magazine or National Geographic for a couple bucks. I always feel weird buying stuff that I know I'm just going to cut up, but if I can just spend a couple bucks, like it's not that much. I've found recently, though, if I go to a, a used bookstore or to a library sale, travel books, uh, they do all these like amazing picture books of like, here's Madrid. And it's like published. I like stuff that's been kind of vintagey looking. So like 60s, 70s, early 80s magazines and picture books illustrated children's encyclopedias you can find great images in there so i think that's part of it too like when i go looking at bookstores my eyes are drawn to stuff i know i can use that so it's like doing it as a hobby more regular the past few years has kind of changed the way i approach finding material so you never know what you're going to find that might click i have a drawer full of clippings i'm like this could be something someday just got to find the right context to use it so Mm. yeah it's kind of like doing a a puzzle without direction in a way that makes sense. Yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Kate, I know you have another creative hobby so you can, uh, you can pitch in. I feel like I've had a lot of creative hobbies through the years. um, And I, I'll get in like really into one for a couple of years and I'll get a whole bunch of supplies and things for it. And then I'll like move on to something else. And so now I just have, this craft cabinet where every shelf is a different craft. And I'm like, I know that I'll get back into this craft at some point, so I can't get rid of this, but it does all confined to like a two foot by two foot space. You know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) what is not confined to that much space is my yarn collection because I have gotten into knitting and that seems to be the thing that's, that's hanging on because I, I think I started, I, I made something around um, maybe 2013, 2014 for a cosplay and um, I think that it was just like I'd had a, I'd, I had had a cousin try to get me into crochet. And so I had some supplies for this. Like I had some yarn and I had a book that, that she had given me with like simple stitches and things. Um, but I couldn't get into the crochet. Like I just couldn't I couldn't keep my stitches like the same width. And so so like squares ended up as triangles. But with knitting, you've got two needles, so you really have to mess up if you if you end up with a triangle or yeah, a triangle instead of a, a square. So that was a little bit easier for me to pick up. Um, and I I found that I knit a lot of scarves because like they they can be so beautiful and they knit up in a couple in like a month or two depending on how often I knit um and then I end up with with Paul a piece of art um because we're artists we can say it that's right um amen yeah um but I never wear these scarves so (laughs) I just have a collection of beautiful scarves um and I'm I'm trying to get into making sweaters too usually I have two projects going one more complicated longer term a project like a sweater and then another simpler project that I can do like in front of the, the TV or maybe playing D and D over the internet or something when it's, when it's not your turn in combat and in your, it'll be 15 minutes, you know? Yep. Um, so I usually have a, a more simple project for those kind of times. 
Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, if if you're a knitter, I'm on uh, a website called Ravelry where I log all of my projects. Um, same hash, same username as everywhere else. So Kate Elfier. Um, yeah, that's cool. I like it. It seems like <laughs> knitting would be very. It seems like it'd be very like uh, relaxing. Like it's almost like a. Um like ritualistic or just kind of like or meditative it's a very simple mm-hmm. repetitive yeah. process so you can kind of like lose yourself in or like you know it seems like something people are always knitting while doing something else too right yes um and yeah. it, it like just engages enough of my brain so that i can like pay attention to um like like pay attention to listening to a tv show or an audiobook <laughs> or a D game um so it, it actually keeps my mind from slipping and just like drifting off if I'm trying sure. to do another another thing <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. That's funny. Like, uh, you know, I've noticed that too. I think people that people that are artists or maybe, you know, creatively minded, like that is something you want to have. Again, it's like almost like meditative. Like I've noticed like I recently got my, um, you know, a, a guitar that I've had for years kind of like tuned up and fixed up. So it's in my living room now. And like when I'm watching TV, I'll pick it up and just strum along. It's like I'm not really playing anything, but just the mm-hmm. action of doing it. Mm-hmm. kind of helps me focus on what I'm watching. So it's like kind of your brain needs something else to like, right. it's almost too busy. You need to kind of like focus in that way. So I can definitely appreciate that. It's like a more creative fidget spinner. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, my mom was big into knitting and crocheting. And usually she was doing that when she was in between screaming at Andre the Giant or the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because I don't think I could ever do it, but I kind of, this is going to get like real deep and sappy, but I kind of miss just like the sound of the needles, mm. like scraping <laughs> against each other. Cause it makes me think of her and, and like, you know, kind of brings me back to a certain time in my life. So that's, you know, but yeah, that's, that's my addition to the knitting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to yeah, know I that it doesn't cool. bother other people, that it's a meditative <laughs> listening experience instead of yeah, annoying. Yeah. It's really neat. I've got a blanket that was made by her like right behind me. Nice. I don't know if you can see it, but it's like yeah. the green thing right there. Gotcha. Yeah. I've not made a blanket yet. And, that is that is an undertaking. <laughs> oh, yeah. It took her quite a while. <laughs> and I like it, too, that it's functional art. You know, it's like I've always been fascinated yeah. by that. People, it's like it's it's artistic, but it's also like a craft. You know, it's like it's uh, it's when you're done, it's a unique piece of something, but it serves a function. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, it's not just a collage. It's on a wall. Not to, you know, but no, it is something that does have that sort of like aspect of it as well. Yeah. So and I'm- yet. It's unique and handmade and special. Some of yeah. my scarves are just on the wall <laughs> because they're not getting worn. <laughs> and that's fine. And collages you know, on the wall mu- are cool too, damn it, yeah. Paul. Exactly. Don't, uh, don't, don't undertake. <laughs> it serves a purpose, right? You look yeah. at it. Um, yeah, I mean, neat. most museums are just filled with uh, crafts that people made. It wasn't an artistic purpose. It's just an expression you know, that they just did as a hobby or did as a craft. So, yeah. Don't, uh, yeah, it's all important. So That's right. Yeah. Uh, Anything else people want to mention? I've got one more I was going to hit on before we wrap up. I could keep talking about knitting for a while, but <laughs> I know I exactly. I mean, I, <laughs> I just want to talk about process now. Yeah, um, but it's, I guess it's, I guess it's somewhat related. Uh, you know, I've over the past year I, I picked up photography as a kind of a hobby, um, shooting on thirty five millimeter film. And before anybody calls me out, I already know film is not vegan. There's gelatin in it. And I'm a total oh, hypocrite. But I've accepted that. it. Me neither. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that until after I got my first role developed. I was like, oh man, I can't do this hobby anymore. But no, I've, I've accepted that. Uh, 
Um, it's just a very small amount of gelatin in most hmm. film until they can find some sort of way to replace it. Um, but it's a nice hobby. It is something that, again, kind of changes the way I look at the world. I notice now if I go someplace, if I go out to the lake or if I go for a walk in nature or even I go to a different city, I'm looking for different angles and things to take pictures of. It kind of changes the way you look at the world in a way. So I've had this vintage camera I bought last year and kind of relearning how to use it because I had done photography in college 20 years ago. So it's kind of nice to get back in that. It turns out that uh, it's not as common now that everyone has a camera in their pocket on their phone. So buying a roll of film was like 20 bucks. Getting developed is 20 bucks. So it's not a cheap hobby, but it, it is kind of very rewarding to know that when I got that first roll back from doing it again, only like one picture came out blurry. So I was like, all right, I can still do this. You know, and it's uh, I, I got a very simple point and shoot camera from Japan that was made in the 60s. It's a, it was a nice little investment I did to kind of like have a different hobby. And again, it's a nice souvenir from a trip or doing something that's different from just a, a file on your phone that you're just going to delete down the road or forget about, you know. Sure. So I really enjoy that as a hobby of the past year. Nice. I imagine your photography is really nice because just from seeing your collage art, you clearly have like an eye for perspective. So I bet mm -hmm. you've got some really mm -hmm. cool shots. Yeah. yeah, I try to find, you know, interesting angles or interesting looking buildings instead of just like the standard nature photos. I just kind of look mm -hmm. for something different. Again, like kind of like collage work, it is changes the way you look at things in an interesting way. And like, I really like negative space, as you can tell from some of our recent collages, like it's okay if there's just a few things. Nothing has to be complicated. Mm -hmm. It can just be simple. The same thing if I do photography. It's like, let me just find a simple, pleasing image. So yeah, uh, it all totally. kind of ties together. It, that ties in the creative aspect. It ties in the going out nature aspect. So it is a yeah. kind of perfect hobby in that way. Yeah. I, I enjoy like trying to line up a, a good shot or something, but I've never really studied photography and then I just use my phone. So then I end up with like 12 <laughs> shots of like the same tree or something trying to get like the sun just right in the background. And then I never look at these pictures again. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that is, the, I remember being a kid and because I'm old enough to remember, you know, buying cameras when I was a kid and having disposable cameras or like little simple point and shoot cameras when I was younger. And like, you only had 24 pictures. Like you had to make each one count. It wasn't mm -hmm. like today we could just, you know, hit picture, picture, picture on your phone or do the paparazzi thing. And I kind of like split the difference. So the camera I have is a split frame camera. So it takes two pictures on each exposure. So that makes sense. So like hmm. it only uses half the exposure when you take a picture. So you get, um, so a normal roll of film has like what, 36 pictures on it. And then I get 72 pictures because it takes two huh. pictures per exposure. So it's like, Oh, I can kind of waste some film, you know, <laughs> to get a good shot. So it's like, it's a perfect, you know, split the difference between uh, the camera phone and uh, an old camera. That's really neat. Yeah. Do you also have an Instagram where we can follow all your photography? Uh, you know, I will now. I'll set okay, one good. up. So I just mainly <laughs> nice, post my photography nice. on my personal account. Uh, but yeah, maybe I should throw some stuff on the other one or make a separate account. I just, I can't balance. I can't juggle that many accounts. So I'll just throw some pictures on the, on the collage account maybe. So it'd be the catch all for my, all of my brilliant artwork. Yeah. So cool. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is very fun. I, I really appreciate uh, again listening, letting us peek behind the curtains of your hobbies. Anything else before we we call the day? Uh, this is this was a great time, and um, I would love to hear from our other co-hosts <laughs> about their yes, hobbies. If any of you are listening, <laughs> yeah, definitely. They, like this should I, I I do agree. This should be a 
a thing that's like an annual where we get to hear from some other people on the show and what they're interested in. We're also interesting and charming. So yes, we should all celebrate that more often, I think, in addition to celebrating comics. So yeah, once again, thank you so much for uh, sharing all that stuff with us. If you're listening and like want to know more about any of this stuff, I'm sure we'd be happy to talk about it at length down the road or on Discord or something like that. So yeah, don't feel don't be afraid to reach out. Be sure to come back next week for a regular episode. We'll be talking comics again. Uh, there'll be me and Kate Scotchless joining Mike. We'll be starting 2024 off with a chill episode and talking about comics and getting ready for episode number 400. Like I said already, that'll be on uh, January 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch. Uh, before then, you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Goodreads, and YouTube. That's at IRCB Podcast at all those platforms. You can support us on Patreon to get all of the bonus episodes. That's patreon.com slash IRCB Podcast. And you can also check out our regular updates of what's coming up. You can do that for free. Infinity Shred is the best band in the known universe. They do all the music for all of our shows. Xander is part human, part animal, all editor. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Mike, for letting me fill in. Thank you for listening. And until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Mm-hmm.